Wonderful. Thanks, Abby. And it's great to hear the uh, chatter, and we'll continue that over cookies and tea and coffee at the end of the service uh, in a few moments' time. So we have a particular theme over this vacation period, and it's really based on, as you can see, vacations and holidays. Now, when it comes to holidays, or we say the word holiday, what comes to mind straight away? I don't know. But what I'm going to do, play a little game where I want to know your preferences about certain things concerning holidays. So either you can just um, mention it to somebody that's sitting in front of you or behind you, or you can just shout out. So there'll be two things each time, would you rather? And the idea is, is that you don't think too long and hard about them. You don't need to pray about them. All I need you to do is to give your immediate reaction between the two things. Is that okay? Wonderful. So, for a holiday, would you rather lie on a beach or visit places of interest? Very good. That was quite quick. Now, don't think, you've got, you've got to say one. You've got to say, um, I don't know, um, I'd like to lie on the beach and visit places of interest and, and then lie on the beach again. No, you can't do that. It's got to be one or the other. It's got to come out. You did it really well there. Would you like, accommodation-wise, would you like to stay in a hotel or a tent? I think the hotel's had it there. I mean, I, you know, since I became a Christian, I realized that tents are in the Old Testament, aren't they? Hotels are in the New Testament. Um, that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Would you prefer to go skiing or on a cruise? A cruise, a cruise. <laughs> Would you prefer to travel by plane or by sea? Get there quickly. On holiday, would you prefer to be in the countryside or by the coast? I mean, we're a long way from the coast here, aren't we? So, actually, living in Birmingham, you need a plane to get to the coast, don't you? On holiday, would you rather eat lots or exercise lots? On holiday, for the younger ones, everybody, would you prefer an ice cream or an ice lolly? Ice cream. I love the way that some people are putting their hands over their mouth to make sure I hear. No, you need to hear this. You need to hear, yes. Okay, would you prefer to travel abroad or stay in the UK? Okay, so much like to stay in the UK. On holiday, do you prefer rest or adventure? Felipe, you surprised me with every one of these. I kind of think you're going to be the opposite of all of these. Okay, if you are abroad, but in a city, would you like to eat the local food or still visit McDonald's? Oh, very good, very good. Would you like, prefer to hire a bike or a jet ski? <laughs> would you rather ride a donkey or ride a camel? Yeah. You're not very brave. You're not very brave. Okay, on the beach, would you prefer to play rounders or volleyball? Airbnb or camper van? 
Playing the sand or playing the sea? Swim with dolphins or water ski? Whale watch or people watch? There is a difference. Don't say out that loud. I didn't say out loud, did I? Read, read a long book or go on a long walk? Jet ski. Camel. No, we've been there. Okay, would you like to go with a large group or a small group? Oh, you all want to go with a small group. Okay, fantastic. Thank you for indulging me there. Now, we're going to dip into Psalm 139 for a few moments this morning. A friend of mine wrote a whole music album on Psalm 139, but we're just going to touch on one or two, well, one particular point this, this, this morning. And the thing about 139, it reminds us that everything that we... Oh, no, not this verse yet, thanks, um, Joel. That'll be fine a bit later. But in that verse we'll look at a bit later. But um, the start of 139, it, King David reminds himself that God knows everything about us. He knows before we speak or before we stand or before we even think something. So I'm going to read the first four verses of 139, Psalm 139. He says, You have searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit, when I stand. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Now, God knows what we think before we think it. He knows what we're going to say. He knows exactly when we're next going to stand up, even though we might not know. Now, David was excited about this. Now, we all have different passions in life. We all have different preferences about a lot of different things. But who are the people that you are most enthusiastic about? What pictures, what people come to mind when I say, which people are you most enthusiastic about? But also, which people are most enthusiastic about you, about us? Because they're likely to be the people who know us the best are the people who like us the most. Which is funny, really, because we think the opposite is true. We think that if people really knew us, then they might not like us, but it's the people who know us the best who seem to like us the most. But because we think that's not always the case, that we keep people at distance a little bit, but it's the people who know us the best who like us the most. But we try and put our best foot forward, don't we? Because we want people to like us. Now, a friend of mine, he used to say this, the thing that people think about more than anything else is, what is it that other people are thinking about me? That is what we're thinking about most of the time. Now, I think it's amazingly reassuring that the people who know us the best like us the most, because we don't have to pretend. We can be who we are. Now, King David, in this Psalm 139, you can tell his excitement that God knows everything, and it's clear that he finds this really reassuring that God knew everything about him. There's nothing in his life he knew that God did not see. And in verse 4, he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me that God knows everything about me, my past, my present, and my future. 
And I think he finds it really reassuring that God knows everything. And somebody once says this, God doesn't get disillusioned with us because he had no illusions in the first place. He knew absolutely everything about us. Now, King David goes on in this psalm, like I say, we're just going to touch on this one little bit, where he goes on to remind himself that God does not only know all about him, but he is always on God's mind. And everything about him is always on God's mind. Somebody once says this, he said this, when I was 15, I worried about what people thought about me. When I was 45, I didn't care what people thought about me. And over 65, I realized that people weren't thinking about me anyway. (laughs) Now, I don't think that is really true, but that's what, what he thought. But David was absolutely sure that he was on God's mind and everything concerning him was on God's mind. And this one verse that I'm just touching on for two or three minutes, and this is the verse that if you could put up Joel for us, this will be wonderful. Psalm 139, verses 17 to 18, to do with sand and counting. Uh, King David says this, he, he just gets excited and he says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they were outnumbered the grains of sand on the seashore. So what he's saying, that everything concerning himself is on God's mind. Any one time, God has multiple millions of thoughts towards him. He is so aware of David's life. They outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. Now let me help you here. How many thoughts is that? How many grains of sand is David got in mind here? Now, if I were to take this bottle of... um, and take a handful of sand like this. Make a mess on the stage, sorry about it. In that one handful of sand, how many grains of sand do you think that might be? I'm going to give you the answer. It's about 10,000 grains of sand in my hand. So, next item is I'm going to put a picture of a tennis court up. Why a picture of a tennis court? There we go. Because this gives a little bit of perspective. If that half of that tennis court was a metre high, half of it was a metre high with grains of sand, because they're hard to count, that would amount to 100 billion grains of sand on that tennis court. That, that is quite a lot. That's 1,000 million, 100 times that. But how many grains of sand would you find on a beach? Well, how many grains of sand would you find in your car when you're driving home from the beach? <laughs> Quite a lot. There's still a lot of sand in my car, actually, from going to the seaside. Anyway, on a beach, on average, there's 18, sorry, there's 10.87, 10.87 trillion grains of sand. Now, who counts that? Now, a billion is a thousand million, a trillion is a thousand billion, and there's 10.87 trillion on a beach. Now, David is getting really excited, isn't he? He's saying, God, you're so mindful of me. You're so aware of me. And kind of an exaggeration, they outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. So God is thinking about every area of our lives. And when you came in this morning, there's nothing that God is not mindful of. There is nothing that he's not mindful of concerning you. Thoughts about career, family, future, relationships, education, church, ministry, 
finance, purpose, hobbies, where we live, transport. If we to count his thoughts towards us, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. And David was very excited about this, that God is so mindful of him. And even when we're asleep, you know, that God is aware of everything concerning us. Now, I remember a few years ago going to Norway. We'd just been on holiday in Norway, but I was on a ministry trip in Norway, and I went on the Sunday to, the, to a church, and it was all in Norwegian. I should have thought of that <laughs> before I went. But it was all in Norwegian. And after the worship, some of the songs were kind of similar tunes to ours, so I could kind of join in in English, and they were singing in Norwegian. And then during the sermon, I just, I just did something very spiritual. I went to sleep. And I nodded off. And while I was asleep, um, I, I just, this incredible pain came into my left shin. And it woke me up. And I just became aware that it was a word of knowledge. That it wasn't just a pain in my shin. And towards the end of the service, after the message, I went forward and said, there's somebody here with a pain in their shin. I think it's been there for the last two years. Uh, it, something's happened, and you've not been healed properly. And a guy came forward and chatted to me. He'd had a, a motorbike accident two years before. The medical staff had done a lot, but he still suffered with this complaint in his shin. And, and we prayed for him, and I think things got a lot better from there. But I was amazed that even when people were thinking, oh, you should have been listening, Phil, to the sermon, even in Norwegian, you shouldn't be going to sleep, that even when we're asleep, God is aware. But that is absolutely no excuse to go to sleep <laughs> on a Sunday morning saying, I would, I just, I, Lord, give me a word of knowledge. I'm going to sleep now, but please give me a word of knowledge. No, there's no excuse for that. But even when we're asleep, God is mindful of us. And just to conclude, David's son, Solomon, wrote Song of Songs. And he was aware of God's overriding thought towards us. Out of all the thoughts that God has for us, that outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore, what is God's overriding thought for us? Well, in Song of Songs 2 verse 4 says this, He has brought me to his banqueting hall, and his banner over me is love. He has brought me to my banqueting hall. His banner over to me is love. And I'm sure that David passed down to his son Solomon that God thinks has all these things and uh, thoughts towards us that he's mindful of us. And Solomon says, he has brought me to his banqueting table. His banner over me, his is love. His reflection, his overall reflection is that he loves us. His banner over us is love. So how precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God? How precious is it that you think about everything concerning me? How precious are we to you, O oh Lord? I remember once, just to finish, just say this, I remember doing an illustration on a, a, a carol service, I think it was. That's Christmas, summer, carol, anyway. But I, I got out a £20 note. Uh, I've only got a £10 note in my pocket here. Times are hard, times are hard. Cost of living, times are hard. Don't carry cash around so much now, do we? So spend more, but don't carry cash around. And I want to do this illustration. I said, if there's a volunteer that wants 
is there somebody here that wants £20? Uh, which I'm not going to do this morning, Felipe, even though your hand went straight up. And, um, and this 12-year-old girl came up and she said, I'll have this £20. I said, OK, are you sure you want it? She says, yes. So what I did, I took the £20 and I scrumpled it up like this. And I said, do you still want it? She says, yes. Then I put it on the floor and started to tread on it and stamp on it and picked it up. And um, I said, do you still want it? And she says, yes. Then I put it under my armpit and started to kind of... And I said, do you still want it? And she says, yes. Then I took it and kind of pretended, pretended to blow my nose with it. And I said, do you still want it? And she says, no. <laughs> the illustration was that she's supposed to say yes, but she didn't. And the wonderful thing is, isn't it, that life is a bit messy. Things do happen. Things don't always go our way. Things don't always happen as we'd like them to go. There's things that possibly we do that let ourselves down. But in Christ, we just don't lose our value. How precious, how precious are we to you, O oh God, that you would think about every area of our lives. It was quite, while we were still sinners that Christ died, nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. His banner over us is love. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. I'm just going to invite you for the next three or four minutes just to sit back. We're going to put a, a worship video uh, on the screen. It's simply called A Hundred Billion Reasons. Some of you are a little bit familiar of it. And just going to allow it to be part of our worship this morning as we meditate and allow God to bless us over these next three or four minutes uh, before we, uh, in a moment, do what we do to conclude our service. Thank you.
down my heart through all of my failure and pride on a hill you created the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die and as you speak a hundred billion failures disappear Well, you lost your life so I can find it Surrender, so will I. 
You're the 